Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in Cars going to festivals. So that was an excellent detour and I totally approve of randomness that we are that took us to Brushwood. Yeah, so in our last episode, assuming that we release these things in order, um, which now we are very likely to do, (laughs) uh, we were talking about how spontaneity and planning and going to the places that are just within reach is a useful way of sort of living that paganism. I think what I said was, if it's only a 30-minute trip out of your way, why not go? Which it turned out, (laughs) right about that moment, it was about a 30-minute trip out of our way. Probably less than that, actually, now that I've seen the map from here to to the festival. Yeah, I think it was like 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, we took a detour to the Brushwood Folklore Center, where ADF, for many years, had its annual meeting. Um, It's currently at Tradara, which is in northeastern Ohio. And uh, uh, at that space, there is a nematon, uh, a sacred grove Mm -hmm. that ADF in partnership with Brushwood, had built up over many, many years. And maintained, and there's a bunch of shrines within it and surrounding it that um, were created and maintained. Yeah, and so within that space, it's a very ADF-centric space in many ways. Yeah. There's a central fire pit, and there are two main deity images. The Earth Mother on the left side of the altar, and the gatekeeper on the right side. <laughs> yeah. The gatekeeper's anatomically correct, which is why Jan is gay <laughs> He's very happy to be in that space. He's super happy. <laughs> but the, the space is something that, for us, I mean, I haven't been back since Wellspring moved, and I don't believe you have either. Yeah, same. And I've never been to Brushwood in the autumn, which is where we are right now. It where, smells so good. Yeah. Completely different, um, but still so familiar. Yeah, I, I had this moment as we were walking through the site. I was like, you know, it's really strange. I came to Wellspring for while it was at Brushwood for probably five years. Yeah. And so over the course of that time, you know, I'm there for four days, five Continue years. On to Kemp Street. So I've only been there for 20 days total. And yet I like remembered exactly where everything was and mm-hmm. like strong sensory memories of just the whole area. Yep. And the friends that we have seen and met there. Yeah. Um, 
in fact, even driving in, it was interesting to, to feel the memory of returning to that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we came around a... We came around a corner on the, the long country road, and I was like, oh, this brings back good memories. Yeah. <laughs> that, that last hill before you come down mm-hmm. onto uh, the, the road that goes into Brushwood, I, I very viscerally remember that because it's such a tall hill. And you look down onto the next hill, which has the uh, the entrance, the, the brushwood, to brushwood sign, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it is beautiful and wonderful, and so very reminiscent of what it was like when we were there. Yeah. Which is funny because when we stopped there and asked if we could walk down to the Nemeton, um, because camping is closed at this time of the year, the uh, the lady who met us said. It's very different. And it didn't, it didn't feel, feel that way It didn't all. feel different at all. Um, things, you know, like the paths around it had been improved some. Yep. Um, the bridge was gone over the... Yeah, the... The little, the uh, little culvert there. Yeah, the bridge was gone. Um, but everything else was... I mean, it was well-kept. Yeah. And... Um, Which doesn't surprise me. It is a pagan campground. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, she said that, and I was expecting like... A tent in the middle of it or something. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, okay, well, what are we going to find? And it was... Yeah, all the shrines were still there. There's a a large shrine to the god Tyrannus that was put up by Kirk Thomas, um, which is still standing sturdy upon the land. Needs a bigger um, wheel. Needs a bigger wheel, but we all knew that from the start. <laughs> uh, there's a memorial to Isaac Bonowitz that is still there. There is a small shrine to um, Breeze where the, the stuff is still there. There's the POW uh, MIA shrine mm-hmm. that is still there. Um, there's still silver in the well, even though it's covered up. There is still silver in the well. Or in the shaft, whatever. Yeah. The... So, yeah, no, it... it it felt like coming back to an old friend in many ways. Yeah. Different, but still fundamentally the same. Yeah, I mean, we walked in there and both of us were, like, quiet and, like, just letting... Keep right onto Sherman Westfield Road. Just letting the memories, like, wash over us. And, I mean, we both went immediately to the the uh, deity images. Yep. And we're, like... Put our hands on Put our hands on them and... <laughs> Um, I lamented that I left all my offerings in the car. <laughs> yep. But we were able to find um, candles. Yeah, they still had candles set up. And and I had my lighter, yeah. so we were able to, to light candles at the altars and um, provide that bit of reminiscence of piety as well. Yeah, and I went across the path. I went and wandered around in the Runestead for a little bit, which is the like the Norse pagan heathen area. It has a really cool um, like decorative fence that surrounds it. I love that fence. Where all the they have all the runes that are carved just like in the fence, like lattice work almost. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Um, but I used to attend workshops that were trance work in the Runestead, so like that had some strong memories. The um, the high seats were tarped over and covered up to protect them yeah. for the winter. But uh, yeah. And then we wanted off to find one of the, the other shrines that you're particularly interested in. Mm-hmm. The Seaboat Shrine. 
I don't know what it. I don't know if it has a name, but it's literally like a a rowboat. A rowboat tipped up on its stern, and is painted like the ocean on the inside. And then, like each of the um, places where like the the, the, seats. the seats would go, are um, loaded with like shells and candles and. Statue of Isis. <laughs> and statues and precious metals and crystals. Um, and a giant piece of, uh, like, chain that is interwoven with iron iron nails all through it. Yeah, and, like, I, I remember that one very vividly. And you were like, I have no idea where that is. I don't think I've ever seen it. <laughs> yeah. Now that I have walked up to it, I remember seeing it, but I never got up close to it. Uh, in the 10 or whatever years, 10, 12 years that I had been going there. And so it was nice to, to get to see it. And we saw some new stuff, too, some mm-hmm. new art. There yeah. was the, the Elements uh, stone. There's a, a standing stone with the Elements carved onto it, which mm-hmm. is lovely. Uh, it's got a little niche at the center where some people have left some offerings, and it looks like it's ritually used for something. Yeah. I have no idea what. Yeah, I don't know, because curious. It's new. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, we saw many of our old campsites. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which had their... Uh, the, the mud pit that we camped in still had no grass. Still has no grass. <laughs> so, that's okay. Um, the roundhouse is still a roundhouse. It hasn't changed much at all. It, it, it was very much like we had left for a season, not for ten. Yeah, yeah, it didn't feel like we'd been gone any longer than we would normally have been gone before that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really nice to yeah. visit. This was a, definitely a worthy side trip. I think so. I, I'm just, I'm glad that we were having that conversation, because there's no other way that I would have stopped and right. said, oh wait, we should go to, to Brushwood. <laughs> I would have like, I, I passed that sign uh, for the interstate and been like, oh, I remember when I used to come up here and we'd go that way. No, no, that's not what I would have said here. I would have, I would have just kept on going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And seeing it in the autumn is is really fascinating. Yeah, because um, we're used to going at the end of May. Yeah, where if you're lucky, you've got you know trees in, in bright green, and right now we're driving through colored leaves mm-hmm. um, and there were leaves all over the ground and like I said it smelled really yeah. good because it had that like fall ground cover of leaves kind of I don't know just that scent of fallen leaves it was really good yeah um, it, was, it was a fabulous little journey and uh, as we said in the last episode it's always worth trying to stop and see what you can see. Um, even if you've never been to a place, I mean, we have a lot of memories bound up in, in Brushwood. Mm-hmm. But even if I had never been there, I think that that would have been a worthwhile side trip. Yeah. I, I think that the, the space is beautiful, the, the calm and the quiet, because I've never really been there when it's calm and quiet either. It's worth noting. There's always the bustle <laughs> of a festival around it, uh, except late at night. I've been in that Nematon late at night yeah. with nobody else around, and that was always pretty fabulous. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a 
even if you don't have anyone to go with, even if you've never been there before, sacred tourism, sacred sightseeing, whatever you want to call it, is a worthy endeavor. Um, you can get a lot out of it um, and learn a lot about yourself when you step into a space like that. It's been fabulous trying to to reconnect there. So I took a bunch of pictures too. I'll post those uh, for probably a few on the ADF Facebook for, for everybody and then a number onto the, the clergy Facebook page so that we can all kind of collectively relive that yeah. experience of I took Russia. a couple but mostly I relied on you taking them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah. Because I, I think that it's great that we get to reconnect, but I, I am excited to also share that reconnection mm-hmm. um, with those that I know love and miss the space mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, I don't know how long Brushwood has been there. It's been there for a very long time, though. And the energy and the work that they've put into it is helpful. It's noticeable. Yeah, I mean, you can tell it is a long-standing pagan campground. Cooperative pagan campground on top. Yeah, yeah. Many faith traditions represented there. Yeah, and you can tell that like the different areas and shrines that have sprung up all over it. Like you can tell that it just it builds and it grows and it's just to take care of it all together. Yeah, is a like a good has good energy. Yes. And remembering the events that we saw there as well, like, you know, we were talking about our friend's ordination. I was like, I stood right here right during here. her ordination. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the late night conversations that I had in that nematon sitting with people and just kind of working stuff out and finding my way on this path. And this is the little, like decked area where I freaked out before I did the first bardic chair competition. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the skulls sing Bohemian Rhapsody during an initiation that we did. All of these things just kind of they come flooding back and they come together in fascinating ways and given the number of different places that we've done festivals and done ritual it's always it's always like that to come back to a space Mm -hmm. and to remember what it was like I mean even with the Grove um, we used to do um, many many years before you joined um, we had space at the UUCE that we currently do our outdoor stuff in which is why there's the, the two pillars, the two carved pillars at the foot of the trail coming oh, into the yeah, Nematon. Yeah. We put those there. Um, well, specifically, Lisa Seamus put those there. But they're, they're there because we were doing that work. And then when we returned to it, um, I don't know, probably 10 years, maybe 15 years after we had initially gotten involved at that site, um, I still walk in there and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when we had a large altar right between those two trees. I remember when we did, you know, uh, a fire and ice working, kind of a proto-Druid moon, I suppose, uh, in a purpose-built altar for it. And that kind of work is is lovely and reflective in terms of how we 
experience it again and again, and it builds up over time, and the magic becomes residual in a space, mm -hmm. and you can always access it again if you know where to look. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org. If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Beershank. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org, and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes, and let us pray with a good fire.